Well, speaking of childhood, one of my top ten favorite stories in the Bible. I loved it as a child hearing it. I still enjoy it every time I read it. And it's a story that, frankly, has had a huge impact on my own life. The story Luke told in the 19th chapter of his gospel about a short guy named Zacchaeus. It's not a story that Luke made up in his own mind. It's a true story. There really was a guy named Zacchaeus, and I expect to see him someday in heaven. And uh, really, that's why I mentioned him, because there was a time in, in his life that nobody would have expected to ever see him in heaven. He was the kind of guy everyone loved to hate, and for good reason. He made his money, and he had a lot of it by ripping people off. He, he was a tax collector for the Roman government, and the way things were back then, that uh, Rome expected him to collect a certain level of tax, and they gave him the power and the permission to collect as much as he wanted to, and anything above that he collected, he could keep for himself. And evidently, he must have done pretty good at that because he was a wealthy guy. And so in the city of Jericho where he lived, everybody, he was, he was the guy that, that everybody would cross the street not to see. They would point the finger at him and they would call him a sinner. And he was the kind of guy that nobody would ever consider. They would not go to his home. They would not invite him into their own home. And then one day Jesus came to town. And of all the people that he asked to spend a day with, it was Zacchaeus. It was one of those jaw dropping moments, one of those eye-rolling moments and people muttering at, you know, how could Jesus ever do that? And Jesus goes there, he spends a day with Zacchaeus, and at the end of the day, when it's all done, he's a changed man. He repented of his sin, he became a follower of Jesus Christ. And so, I, I, you know, I just love every single part of that story, but the best part of all is what Jesus said to Zacchaeus and really to everybody in the house. When it was all done, he looked at Zacchaeus and he looked at, you know, turned to everybody else and he said, Zacchaeus, you're the reason why I came to earth. People like you. I came to seek and to save those who are, those who are lost, the spiritually lost. And now, in, in that one sentence, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, gave his whole reason for coming to this earth, that he came to seek and to save spiritually lost people. That's why he came. When you and I talk about wanting to be like Jesus Christ. Really, this is it. And this, I, I believe this one statement alone answers how important these next two minutes are for all of us. Because what I want to do is what I began doing and two weeks ago and when, when I showed you one of the ways in which you can, you can share your faith in Jesus Christ with another person. And you know, let me, let me just... Let me just say this before I, I, I say anything else. If, if you're here today and, and uh, you're, you're on a journey spiritually and uh, you, have, you, you really don't have a relationship with God, you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ right now, you're asking the good questions. You know, I, you know I, I, would, I, would, I would want to say this before I, I say anything else is, man, you know, when Jesus Christ describes Zacchaeus as somebody who was spiritually lost, that, you know, that's where we all 
are or have been at some point in our lives. So what I'm talking about here today is not something where, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm standing up here thinking that I'm something better than anybody else. Very much the opposite. I totally identify with Zacchaeus, and I'm, I'm so grateful that Jesus Christ loves, loves him and Jesus Christ loves, loves me. So I just want to say that, okay, as I, as I go forward. Now here's what I'm asking for all of us here this morning who are followers of Jesus Christ, and it's a big ask. Wherever you are in following our Lord's example and caring for spiritually lost people, what I'd like you to do is commit yourself to taking it to a whole new level, a whole new level of, of making it an intentional part of your life where, where you're, in, you're intentionally preparing yourself as well as you possibly can to to talk with other people about your faith in Jesus Christ and, and where you are, you're intentional in having those conversations that can be spiritually life-changing for others. I'm, I'm talking about really having those conversations. Now, the, the reason I'm making this ask and the reason I'm talking about what I'm talking about today is that I am absolutely convinced that there's an incredible potential in every one of those kinds of conversations. Eric uh, Metaxas, who wrote a biography on Dietrich Bonhoeffer, wrote a new book this year. It's called, it's just a short little book, it's called The Seven, Seven Men, and the subtitle of that book is, is and, and the Secret of Their Greatness. And one of the men that he wrote about is a guy by the name of William Wilberforce, who uh, lived from 1759 to 1833 in England. And he, and, and he's considered by many to be the most successful social reformer in the history of the world. He, he's the man who, who led the way in England to bring an end to slave trade and slavery. And, and, and many believe that he also influenced what ha happened in, in America in, in, ending, in ending slavery. I don't know if you're familiar with England back at that time, but there were a lot of things wrong with England. There was... Uh, people were treated very poorly. And, and, and one of the things that, that, that Wilberforce brought an end to was child labor, where, where children as young as five years old were, were, worked, uh, were forced to work up to 12 hours in dangerous and horrendous kinds of, of situations. So he's really an amazing man, what he, what he did. What I love reading and finding out is how he became a follower of Christ. And uh, it happened uh, when he was a, a young man, an adult man, uh, a trip he took with his uh, mother uh, uh, to the French Riviera. And uh, when she was older and she was in ill health, and, you know, they lived in England, it was cold and damp, and so they felt that she needed to, you know, get to a warmer climate. And so they made this trip across the Alps that actually took Several weeks, and they did it, of course, you know, horse and carriage or, or, or coaches. And, 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 and how, how it all turned out was his mother uh, had a companion that rode with her and her coach. And then uh, uh, William Wilberforce uh, picked somebody else to go with him. And the guy he picked, the guy he asked to go with him, was a man by the name of Isaac Milner. And so you had these two men, two very educated, very successful man, uh, Wilberforce in, in business and politics, very successful, uh, high position in, in, in England, even as a young man in his 30s. And, 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 and Milner 
was, was a, a professor at Cambridge University. And so you had two guys, they were equals, okay? They were equals. One big difference between the two is that Wilberforce was as far from God as anybody could possibly be. He ridiculed, made fun of anybody who was a Christian. Uh, Isaac Milner was a believer in Jesus Christ. And the thing that's fun about this is that, is that Wilberforce didn't know this when he asked him to join him in that carriage ride. In fact, he said afterwards he would never, never have asked Isaac Milner to join him if he, if he had known that. And so here they are. They have a, a several weeks, a carriage ride, just the two of them. And uh, early on in the ride, uh, they were talking about a, a mutual friend that they knew who happened to be a believer in Jesus Christ. And Wilberforce made the statement. He said that he thought that anyone who took God very seriously went too far. And Milner didn't remain silent. He said he disagreed. And for the rest of the trip, he explained why. And so for several weeks as they were riding together, he had this debate back and forth between these two men. And at the end of, by the end of the trip, Wilberforce became a believer in Jesus Christ. I love that story. Now the truth is, you and I never know the full impact when you share your faith with another person. You just never know how it's all going to play out at the end. It, there, there could be a whole series of lives that are changed as a result of that one conversation that you might have with somebody where they make the decision themselves to become a believer in Jesus Christ. In fact, not only could they influence a lot of people, it could go on from one generation to another. So before we begin, let's take a minute to do this, all right? What I'd like you to do is think about someone you care about a lot who does not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. They, they could be like Zacchaeus or, or Wilberforce, far, far away from God. So just, just think for a minute. I'm just going to give you half a minute. See if you think of somebody like that, somebody you really care for, all right? Okay. Got somebody? Think of anybody? All right. There's somebody you genuinely care for. And you'd love nothing more than the privilege of helping them understand what Christ can do in their lives. You'd love to have that conversation. But the only thing that's holding you back is not knowing how to do it, not knowing what to say and how to say it. And because of this, you don't quite have the confidence that you need. And so you'd say to me, if, if you and I could talk right now, you'd say, man, Steve, you're talking about me. I want to tell others. I want to tell other people about my faith in Jesus Christ. I've wanted to do this for a long time. And I, and I know people that I would talk to, but, but Steve, I need to know what to say when the opportunity comes so that I'm ready to roll. All right? Can you relate to that, anybody? Say. That's why I'm so excited to come back to what I began two weeks ago. And I'd like to show you what you can do that can increase your confidence. You see, I'm, I'm doing this because I'm 
absolutely convinced that you can do it. I mean, I know it, first of all, because we all have the Holy Spirit living in us. We've got God in us. We've got God backing us up. And we have the truth of God's word that we can, we, we can, we can come back to as we, as we talk to another person about Jesus Christ. And you know what? I cannot think of anything that would bring you more joy than the absolute thrill of seeing another person come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Where you've had that conversation, and at the end of it, they prayed and they asked Jesus Christ to be their Savior. I mean, nothing better. Nothing better. Absolutely no greater thrill that you could experience. Now, two weeks ago, I answered three questions that I'm often asked when somebody says, well, what do you do? You have a conversation. So number one, I, I said, where do you start the conversation? Number two, what do you say once the conversation started? And then, what do you say at the end of the conversation? How do you bring it all to an end that, that's the kind of end that you'd want to have? This morning, I'd like to answer one more question. And it's this question. What do you do before you start the conversation? What do you do before you even start the conversation? So that's what I'm going to answer. But first of all, there, there's something I'd like to show you that I'm convinced will make all the difference on how well you're able to do what I talked about two weeks ago and, and what we're going to look at this morning, and it's a journal, all right? And uh, there's many different variations of a journal that you can find at almost any store. I found this one at Target. Uh, I, I've used it now for a little bit better than a month, and I would say it's, it's, uh, it's a fact I like it so much I went back and bought a bunch more in case they stop selling them, you know. Uh, and you, you could do it with something like this, or, you, or if you're into, you know, doing it on your laptop or your iPad, you could, you could create your own journal that way too. But I, I just want you to know I'm a big believer in journaling. All right? Now, uh, uh, you know, it's fun. I mean, you're talking about journaling with doing Bible study. I've got a group of guys that, in a community group, a small group that I'm meeting with on Thursday morning, and and, and for five of these th guys, journaling is a, is a whole new thing, all right? And, and by the way, man, I'm not talking about a diary, all right? I'm not talking about a diary. I'm talking about a journal, a, a real man's kind of a thing to do. Where, where, all right? So what we're talking about here is where you're actually writing down what you're learning from Scripture as you're studying it, and you're, and you're also writing down, this is what I'm going to do to apply it to my to my life, okay? And I, I could bring those guys, in fact, all the guys up on the platform with me this morning, and they'd be, back me up 100% that journaling's a great thing to do. But you know what? I don't know why I didn't think of this years ago. I, I've decided I'm going to add a whole, a, a second journal that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep writing in and using, and it's a journal that, that is entirely devoted to sharing my faith in Jesus Christ with other people. And, 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 and what I'm going to call it is, 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 is my playbook. And, and really, it, it's, you know, it's really modeled off of what the Nebraska football players do. I, I've, got a, I've got a genuine, real Nebraska defensive uh, uh, playbook for def right up here with me this morning for all the plays they're going to do this year, okay? So, no, 2003, all right? <laughs> 2003. Now, Pat Ricketts used to play football. 
for Nebraska foot, uh, uh, Nebraska, uh, let me borrow this today. And I had a conversation with him on the phone yesterday and, and to talk about this. And I just want to, I want to say to you, I want to tell you what Pat said to me about this book. So cool. It totally relates to a journal, okay? He said, this is what it does. It outlines, outlines the strategy and includes multiple set scenarios for defense and offense. Different formations require different combinations of players and audibles. And then he said this. We were given the playbook to take home, to take with us to school and to all meetings for constant review so that during the game it was part of our DNA and muscle memory. That's what I'm talking about with a journal. He said we were, we were in a constant learning mode. We would review games. We learned from what worked and didn't work. We take notes in our playbook on every play so that when the same thing happened in another game, we know how to respond, what we should do and shouldn't do. We were always making corrections and improvements. We were always adding to the playbook from what was learned throughout the whole season. See, I, I, you know what? I think this may be as important as anything that I'm going to say this morning. Your journal can become your playbook that you come back to daily where you include everything that I'm going to talk about this morning, the sermon that I did two weeks ago, writing down what you're learning as you share your faith in Christ with other people. So it's kind of an ongoing thing that we're talking about. Questions that you are asked that you didn't have the answer to, and so you went out and you found the answer to those questions, and, and you wrote the answer in your journal. Uh, uh, what you learned to be the most effective in talking to other people, you know, about your faith, what to say and what you should never say again, you know, where you, you're like, oh, man, I'm not going to do that one again. And, you know, you write it down so you don't forget it, all right? That, that kind of thing. You're, you, you write what you learn in the future about sharing your faith in Christ. So anytime I'm going to do a sermon, for example, here on Sunday morning, you know I'm going to talk about this subject. You bring that journal with you, and you write your notes in there, all right? Now, very quickly, everything I'm, I'm going to say this morning is going to be online, including the written sermon itself, so you don't have to take any notes. But if you pull out your bulletin, what you're going to find there on that note page is, is what I'm going to talk about this morning. And if you do the journal thing, it's what I'd like you to is take, that, take that bulletin home with you today and write right on, the, on that first page of your, of your journal the, the very thing that you're going to see on your bulletin. Because really, that's our game plan. That's the game plan. Okay, let's... Okay, let's dig in. Uh, the question, what do you do before you start the conversation? First thing you do is pray. And there's five things to pray. In fact, you know, just to have some fun with this, you know what you might do? Uh, write by the word pray. You could write it in your bulletin this morning. Write, help me. <laughs> help me. Because that's what we're talking about. Help me, God. So first of all, help me, God, to have your, your love for spiritually lost people. You know, I, I realize going into a sermon like this that we're all at different points in how much we really care for, for people who, who are lost spiritually. We, right now, we might not care that much, or we might care a lot. We're all at different points in that. Now, I remember, and I've, I've told you all this before, before my senior year in high school, when I 
when I finally got my spiritual act together, that summer before my senior year, I literally almost every single night got on my knees by my bed and I prayed, God, help me have your love for people who are spiritually lost. Help me have your love for my friends at school to really care for them. I have prayed this prayer for years. I, I pray this prayer for myself now. I pray it for all of us who are part of this church. This simple prayer. Lord, please strengthen in me your love and your concern for spiritually lost people. Simple prayer. But we got to pray it. Uh, number two, courage. Uh, got to pray for courage. Uh, not, not yesterday, but a week ago Saturday. I couldn't get to sleep. And uh, so 11.30, I finally came up, gave up, went down to the basement, turned on the television set, and it, you've heard me say this, every once in a while I like to watch Politically Incorrect with Bill Maurer. And Bill Maurer is, is, uh, considers himself an atheist. He's very antagonistic toward Christianity. So I really like to listen to what he says and in a way of you know, helping me to think about how to explain my faith to another person. And he had a pastor on there, a pastor who shares our faith in Jesus Christ. And, and as I watched this, uh, Bill Maher was so intimidating to this guy that he just could not bring himself to say what he needed to say. And I'll bet you, I'll bet you anything, we all got a Bill Maher in our life, right? We all got somebody like that who's absolutely intimidating, so we got to pray and ask God for the courage we need to share our faith. Now, now the, the next one is clarity. Have you ever... Yeah, do you ever have that concern that when you're going to open, you know, when you open up your mouth to share your faith in Jesus Christ with another person, that your sentences are going to be backwards and your words are going to be turned upside down? Anybody ever, ever feel that way? So you, so you just hesitate to say anything because you think you're going to totally, totally blow it. And so one thing you do is pray for clarity. The other one is grace. Uh, where you pray, God, help me to be gracious in everything I say. Help me to be kind and patient and considerate. To, to keep in mind that it's not about me, God. It's, it's about me loving the person that, that I'm talking with. And then, and then the last one is maximizing the opportunities that God gives you. Let me ask you, have you, have you ever been in that situation where, you, where, where somebody, you know, it, it, they don't have a, a, a relationship with God and and, and with Jesus Christ, and they say something about something that's happened in their life, and it would have been just the perfect opportunity for you to talk about your faith in Jesus Christ, and you said nothing. Anybody ever been there, done that? You said nothing. And after, after the conversation was over, you, you said to yourself, why didn't I say something? Now, I know I have more than I care to admit. And that's why I include in my prayer every day, I ask God for opportunity to share my faith, and I ask God for the wisdom to maximize every opportunity. So what you want to do is write those five things down in your journal, and you make that part of your prayer every single day. Number two, take, time, take the time to write down the names of people God's brought into your life who do not share your faith in Christ. So we're not talking about strangers here. We're talking about people... You, you, you already know. And i got to tell you, this is something that I have done for as long as I can remember. I'm still doing it. I, so just the other day, I was talking with somebody here in the church about this very thing, and they said, well, Steve, can, 
can, can you think of the names right now? And so I, yeah, I, I just kind of, you know, went through the names and counted off in my, in my hand. And, and there are 31 people at that point that we had that conversation, 31 people in my life that, that I'm praying for. And I could tell you about each one of those people. The other day I added a, 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 another person, number 32. Uh, it's a guy I met at Lifetime. I was walking in to, you know, go work out, and this guy was in front of me, and I had a T-shirt on that said, National Arm Wrestling Champion. And, I mean, this guy was a brick. All right? I mean, you could, you could, I mean he was like, his, his arms were bigger than my waist. All right? And, and, and so as I walked by him, I just tapped him on the shoulder, and I said, those are some arms. And so later on, we're, we're out, I'm, I'm upstairs working out, and he was kind of in the same area, and he was actually practicing arm wrestling. One of the trainers there was just, everybody was laughing because the guy couldn't do anything. And, 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 and this guy, he came over to me, and we, we started talking, and I just, you know, I learned more about what he's doing. He's actually going to Poland in the first, uh, first of September to, 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 to become, hopefully, the, the, the world championship champion in, in arm wrestling. So he's number 32 that I'm praying for right now, uh, for him to know Jesus Christ. Okay? I mean, this is fun, everybody. It's absolute fun. And once you've written their names down, then there's two things to do. Start praying for, the, for them. I mean, man, just, just go through it so that you pray for every one of those people at least once a week. All right? And, and pray for opportunities to build friendship. Pray for opportunities to share Christ. Pray that the Spirit of God will open their hearts and their minds to the truth of God's grace in Christ. I mean, it really works. It really works. It absolutely works. And then second, invest yourself in their lives. Build a friendship with them where they know that you genuinely care for them. All right? And you know, and you know what that takes? That takes spending time with them. I remember C.S. Lewis made a statement years ago. He said, friendship comes from the hundreds of little things that you do together. And that's really, I mean, that, that's what we got to do. we got, we got to intentionally be spending time and doing things with people who do not share our faith in, in Christ. And, I mean, having conversation with them, uh, helping them out with things that they need help with, spending time together socially. And, and you know what the great thing about this is? These are the people God's asking you to share your faith. God, God, God's not asking you to go door to door in your neighborhood to absolute complete strangers, ring the doorbell, and then, you know, they open up the door and, you're, and you say to them, hi, I'm here to interrupt your evening and make all of us miserable for the next hour. You know, God's, God's not asking you to do this. God's asking you to have conversation with people you already know. Here's the next one, all right? Write out your personal story. You, 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 might, you might not think, you know, you might say to yourself, well, I don't have much of a story. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. And, and here's what you can do, all right? First of all, think, is, is there any one thing in your life that drew you to Jesus Christ and, 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 and that helped you recognize your spiritual need? Make that the centerpiece of your story. Second thing, make what you write complete, but make it concise. So it should be probably about two minutes, three minutes at the most, okay? Don't get too detailed. Like, it's not important to remember what the weather was the day you became a Christian or, or what the color of the dress was that you were wearing, all right? That's not important. Stick to the big stuff. 
And then the third thing, this, very important. Speak in terms that can be understood by somebody who's not a believer. Do not use religious jargon, all right? Just really watch out for that kind of stuff. Use language people can under, understand. Okay, here's the next one, the last one. And, all right, this is maybe the most important, well, they're all important. All right, here's, here's the last one. Identify a verse or a set of verses to use in sharing the gospel. Now, if you were here two weeks ago, and again, you can download the sermon uh, uh, two weeks ago, the actual manuscript, you can listen to it online, but you can actually have the written sermon that I did two weeks ago on Jul July 21. Uh, and, but you, you see, that's what I did with five verses from Hebrews chapter 4. They're like my life verses. I really resonate with them. So find verses like that that resonate with you Write that verse or those verses in your journal. Okay, so there you got your playbook again, your journal. But, and, and, and then what you want to do is you want to memorize them so well you can say them in your sleep. All right? And, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you this much, all right? When you're first starting out, have, a, have them written out and have a copy in your purse or in your billfold, okay, if you really need it. Okay, but really, really learn those verses. And here's the deal. The verse or the verses that you choose should guide you in talking through four main points that need to be covered in sharing the gospel. And if you, you got your bulletins there, you look in the bottom half, uh, and you'll see those four points. You need to talk about God. You need to talk about us, and us is us, humanity. You need to talk about Jesus, the Son of God. And then the fourth one, it's very important. You can't, you can't put a period after Jesus you got to go on, and you need to talk about that person you're talking with responding to the truth of, of, of who God is, who we are, and the truth about Jesus Christ. Okay, so let me give you an example of this uh, from uh, John chapter 3, verse 16. I'm sure you've, many of us, if we've been uh, followers of Christ very long, we've heard of that verse. So you can take, that could be the verse you could use. Now let me just show you how you can do this, all right? The, the beauty of this is you've, you've got, you've, you not only have the word of God in you, or in front of you, in front of every, you know, the person you're talking with, but you've got, you've, got, you've got something to guide you as you talk it through. So, remember God? So, first of all, God. For God so loved the world. So, God. So, right away, that triggers in your mind. I, I want to begin by talking about God. And so then you talk about, you could, you could say, man, look how God's revealed himself to us through creation. And we Learn how powerful God is and how wise God is, how brilliant God is. You can talk about that. And then you can go on and you can say, but you know what? God wants us to know even more about him, and so God's given us the Bible. And in the Bible, God helps us, God helps us to understand his character, that, that he's holy and he's just and he's loving. And you talk through those three. You talk, you talk, you talk to them about well, why, why, why we're so fortunate that God's holy and he's not evil. And you talk about how good it is that God's just, that he's a just God. We wouldn't want God to be any other way. And then you talk about that, that God's loving. Now, let me just say this. You do it a little slower than what I'm doing right now, okay? I'm, you know, okay? Just so you know that. You don't go that fast. All right, so, so you talk about God and then you say, for God so loved the world. The world is us. 
So let's say, like, for example, one of the guys that I'm praying for is a guy by the name of Bob at Lifetime. And so let's say Bob and I, and I've asked him, he hasn't okayed it yet, but I've, I've said, man, I'd love to sit down and talk to you about spiritual stuff, and, and someday we will. And let's say we're having that conversation next week. And I would say, you know what, Bob? It says, here's this verse, and it says, for God so loved the world. And I'd say, Bob, the world is us. The world is me and the world is you. And, and what this verse is telling us, Bob, is God so loved you. Bob, God so loved you that he, 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 he loved you so much that what he did was, and then you go into that in a minute, but there's something else you got to tell Bob. Okay? Something else that's true for all of us. We're all sinners. Okay? And I'd say, man, Bob, you and I, we're just the same. Man, we've all sinned. We've all done wrong. And because of our sin, we've separated ourselves from a holy God. And because God is holy, God's also just. And so God, God really has got to judge us for our sin, but God's also loving. So Bob, you know what? God so loved the world. God so loved Steve. God so loved Bob and, and everybody else that God gave his one and only son. And that's Jesus Christ. And then you talk about who Jesus Christ is. He's the Son of God. He's, he's eternal. And you, you can just talk about whatever you want to say with that. You know, that's true. And then you say, but you know what else? You say, the Son of God became one with us in our humanity. I can't tell you how many times I've asked the question, you know what Christmas is all about? And I, I mean, I've been surprised many times that people... You know, we celebrate Christmas, they can go to church at Christmas, but so often it really hasn't quite connected the, the miracle, the power of Christmas, that the eternal Son of God at a point in time became one with us in our humanity. He became a human being. And so I talked to them about that. And I mean, they're just fascinated to, to listen to it. And, and I explained, you know what? He ex Jesus Christ in his humanity experienced absolutely everything you and I experience. Every part of life. And, and, and one in particular that's so important is that he was tempted to sin just like we're tempted to sin. And I'll explain that. And then I'll say, but you know what? There was something that was different about Jesus Christ from every other person who's ever lived, and, it, and it's that Jesus Christ never sinned. And so many times I'd say, you know what? Man, I, I, I can't die for you because I'm no different than you. I'm a sinner. But Jesus Christ could die for us because he never sinned. And then I'll say, that's what it means when it says, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his son. He gave his son to die for us on the cross. And then I'll you know what I'll say? I'll say, but you know what? You can't put a period after son. can't just say, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. So many times I'd, I'd say, if you put a period at, right there and you stop, it wouldn't do you any good. Because, Bob, there's something you've got to do. You've got to respond to the truth of, of who Jesus Christ is and what God did for you. And that's the second half of that verse where it says that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And then I talk about what it means to believe. To believe in Jesus Christ means you do believe he's the son of God. And to believe in Jesus Christ means that you do believe that you're a sinner. And to believe in Jesus Christ means you know you cannot save yourself. You can't be good enough. You can't earn your salvation. And what it means is you've got to put all of your trust 
in what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross. That's it. I mean, it is really, it's so simple, but it's so profound, and it's so true. And any one of us can do it. You know, I, it's so much fun, like with this group of guys that I, I meet with, what we've been doing this year is reading through the Bible. And so we just finished the book of Isaiah. You know what? Here's, here's one you could go home and try. Uh, Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have, every one of us, we've turned to our own way. And the Lord, God, has laid on him the iniquity of us all. It's the gospel right there. That's a verse you can use. Okay? I got to stop here, but I got to tell you, uh, today's sermon is, is one of many reasons that I wish every person in this room was in a small group, in a community group. The guys I'm, I, I'm in a group with right now on Thursday mornings, you know what? We're doing this thing together. We're doing a, a six-week thing with this that we're committed to help each other become as good as we possibly can in what I'm talking about this morning. And you know what's going to really be fun? At the end of the sixth week, our assignment, week number six, is we come to our group, and after we've had an, a real conversation where we have shared our faith in Jesus Christ with another person, all the way to the point where we ask them if they would like to respond and they would like to trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior. I can't wait to see how it's all going to turn out for us. You know, what, you know what, you know what, everybody? I said this two weeks ago, and I'll say it again. You win just by opening your mouth, just by beginning to talk, just, just having the conversation. It's a win, no matter what the end result is, because the fact is, friend, you do that, and, and that person you're talking with has heard the most important thing they could ever possibly hear, and that's the message of God's love through Jesus Christ. Okay? All right. Well, let's stand and uh, close our time in prayer. And I got to tell you, you can, as I'm praying, you can go get your kids, okay? Because I'm over. And so don't, don't feel like you got to, let's, let's pray, okay? Father, um, give us the strength to do what we've talked about this morning. Give us the love, Father. Help us to have your love for people. And, and God, guide us, give us wisdom, open up those opportunities for us to talk to others about our faith in Jesus Christ for your glory, God, because really it's all for your glory. It's all for your glory. In Christ's name, amen.